Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers, guys. You know, I, every time I hear that intro, all I'm thinking is I've got to get Alon and Doug DeMuro onto the same video feed where it's like, boom, this is a 1985 Alon Gorin. You know, something <laughs> of that size. <laughs> that would be awesome. All Actually, what was really funny is I was watching that video and I don't know what like is in my mind right now but all I was thinking I was like I gotta make some boom t-shirts or something like like just shirts that say boom oh, nice. exclamation point on it and then on the back it'll say like blockchain and booze or you know uh you know I don't know something, something maybe maybe on, on sale at LA blockchain summit we could uh maybe put it there Ooh. there you go well yeah. I already decided today I didn't tell anyone um including you Matt that I think Punk Ape Strong is going to have to release an, an LP at LA Blockchain Summit. And there's going to be some hoops you have to jump through to get one, but you'll physically get like a physical vinyl record by going to like the Boring Stone stage at LA Blockchain Summit. I don't know, something like that. But, but how ridiculous would it be where it's like cutting edge technology, right? And then, you know, a vinyl record. Maybe if you like play it backwards, you'll get like a secret key that like unlocks something and you get to redeem an NFT or something. You got to make it, bring it back. Um, but how cool would that be? But okay, before, before I jump in, episode 105 of Blockchain Booze. 105. Last year, last week was two years of Blockchain Booze. If you're watching on Lunar Crush or listening on Blockchain Radio, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io so you can hang with the community and uh crispin is saying take my money regarding the shirts but i crispin jim dan all you guys back uh, in the in the chat right now you got you guys have earned your t-shirts i mean it's it's uh, a 10 inch vinyl i was gonna do seven inch vinyls but if you want me to do a 10 inch one we could do that too i don't know then i gotta actually write more than like one song per side and that that that's tricky um 
Uh, I was just hoping for like a boom Goran yacht club and then maybe having like a loan in, in different NFTs and then you know dropping the hoodies to everyone with the NFT. Kind of just basically like BAYC, like some of my friends have. I love it. That's that would be pretty cool. So what I you know what we could do is I have the little board on the other side of the room right now it has some random thing on it that my kids did, but it used to say Draper Goran home on it. And then I switched at one point to say Draper Tezos home and I always would change it. Maybe there needs to be like Draper Goran boom. Like we get, we could do different ones. Like, I don't know, something, something like that. There's, there's so many things uh, we could do so much ridiculousness that can be had. Um, Every, every time I say Draper Goran home, my girlfriend thinks I'm saying Draper's going home. So a, oh my god, a I Tim wish Draper getting like going into his house. NFT I'm gonna try to search could also for really it while cool. we're talking about this. I have a blooper reel from a conference I spoke at where this interviewer was asking me about something and he was saying Draper Goran Holmes. And then he's like, wait, wait, hold on, let's pause. Is it Holmes? Is it home and then he's like Gorin Green Gordon and he was like trying to figure it out and he finally figured it out and then he like misspoke and then somebody in the back of the room like screamed out some random voice screamed Draper's going home and then I went Draper going home and then he couldn't like he kept like it's this my friend Michael from the security tokens realized conferences and he kept misspeaking and we have a blooper reel of, of over and over again him going like like saying it wrong and me going Draper going home and it was it was actually one of the funniest um, things ever I'll try to find it and see if we could play it during this right now but otherwise I'll, uh, I'll, I'll play it later but that brings us to today's topic we were going to talk about Tezos and Tezos DeFi and Alex, you're the uh, the founder of of Maverick, which is going to be coming out soon. But you know what? I want to throw something up. I I prepared for about 37 seconds before blockchain and booze tonight, which is about 36 <laughs> seconds longer than normal. I I'm just giving myself shit. I, I That's do, what she said. Viewers are in for a treat. I wanted to throw this up on the screen because this is the screenshot that's been going around lately from Lunar Crush. Obviously, I'm a uh, super fan of Lunar Crush. You've all heard me talk about it eight billion times but if you look at this chart the thing that makes it really really interesting is this is the social volume across all of the crypto network of all cryptocurrencies and if you look at social volume of cryptocurrencies number five right here is tezos so literally and and earlier i think when it was being shared it was number four but to to know that it's in the top five of the most spoken about on social media and in the media tokens is pretty friggin' incredible. So Alex is here. He's going to tell us a little bit about some DeFi going on on Tezos, but I also may bring some of the audience members up on so we can, we can talk, uh, we can talk about it a little more, but, but Alex, first off, give us your background and tell us uh, about Maverick. I know you've been on before, but it's still good for anybody new uh, to the audience to hear it. Yeah. I mean, just to, of course, I mean, just to start, I'm, I'm quite surprised that the number one thing on there is not Ronin right now with everything happening. Like you just somehow missed $600 million and, you know, no one's noticing for almost a week. But well, um, let me let me show, though, this is I have this chart under the uh, what's the time frame uh, that I put on this one? Uh, I could probably bring it back, but I think I just stuck to the traditional time frame, which I think was a year. So uh, if it was like uh, yeah, the day yeah. or the week, then that, that makes way, way more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah completely. 
Um, but hey, everyone, my name is Alex Davis. I'm the founder of Maverick Finance. I'm kind of currently transitioning from uh, my role as the chief of innovation or chief innovation officer at Tezos Israel, a grantee of the foundation. Uh, Tezos, as you can see on the hoodie. Um, and uh, yeah, I basically uh, quite a while ago decided or thought said to myself that we are there's a dramatic lack. Every time I, alone, especially with you, I, my mind keeps rain, running back to Hebrew and then I have to sit here and pause and awkwardly think, translate. Like, what's that, I told what's Matt that the word? Other day, I'll, I'll throw something out there. I'm going to brag a little bit because uh, um, I have the Israeli name and my parents are Israeli, so they speak to me in Hebrew. I respond in English and I never do business in Hebrew or anything. But one of our first deals we did was with this great company in Israel um, called Innovesta. And they, they no longer really do blockchain stuff, but maybe they will. There, there's some tie-in there, but they're really, really smart people. And Karen, their CEO, when I came on the call, I heard start to kind of apologize to the rest of the board members. And because it was just an advice, it was a shareholder meeting. I'm not a board member or anything. But the, one of the board members was like, oh man, Alon's here. Are we going to have to switch to English? And she was starting to like apologize to them. And I was like, no, 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 just do the, do the call in Hebrew. And I was expecting when I told them that, for uh, for myself to not understand half of what was going on, just because I was like, eh, business in Hebrew, it's just going to be, uh, I'm going to miss like a balagan. It's going to be I a balagan. I feel like I killed it. I feel like it was great. And I understood everything and I had some some points to make and I was it was all great. Um, so uh, so if, if you want to throw out any Hebrew, we could, <laughs> we could do like test my Hebrew skills. Like give me like blockchain terms in Hebrew. You can make shit up. Um, it could be a new game that only you and I will enjoy. Um, it's kind of like Punk Ape Strong. I think I am the do only you, one that actually enjoys the songs. Do you know how you? Do you know how you like actually say uh, decentralized network in Hebrew? Because it sounds so weird every time I hear it in a conversation. I'm like, that's not okay. Like this, this doesn't do decentralization justice, and it's reshet mefuzeret. And it's just, it doesn't, it sounds like it a doesn't do it. Network. It sounds like, it sounds yeah. like you were saying like somebody like, cause isn't that like, isn't that word mefuzal or something like that? It sounds like you're telling, saying somebody's confused. Like somebody's like, I don't know. Like if you were saying. Muzal just, is weird. Yeah. Muzal is weird. So yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't do it justice really. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, so you know, a while ago, I uh, I saw a need, uh, a deep need for DeFi on Tezos, um, and even still today, uh, we 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 really do. And considering the technology, always you know, every three months we basically roll out uh, you know on chain upgrades without any hard forks, and the security tokens that are coming to Tezos uh, constantly. So um, I decided to start a DeFi based or a DAO-based DeFi platform to really get that more in order correctly. Um, and that's Maverick. You know, we'll be launching soon. It's, it's been quite an incredible journey. I mean, we've got basically seven full-time devs starting. Well, two more coming in next week. But um, it is incredible how much of a beast this has turned into, really. It's, sure. it's pretty, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how much Tezos is growing, the DeFi ecosystem in general there. And um, and what what you guys are building, right? I think that things are getting more and more mature, and there's been ebbs and flows with Tezos DeFi, and I think it also rolls along with just normal market conditions on any um, uh, you know on any network or the whole space in general. But you know, in general, 
I'm using the word general a lot, but in general, um, I think like I just seeing behind the scenes, there's so much maturity and so much growth happening and the various bridges and things like that. Um, BB Studios, I'm going to probably call you up to, to hop on a, a little later to give your experience, but BB Studios, as I use Tezos every day, ETH maybe once or twice a month. And I think that most people do that. I use ETH sparingly because of transaction fees and things like that. You can't goof around. And like every time you goof around, you spend 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks just to test something or play around. On Tezos, I've sent random notes to people and airdrops and goofed around. And I hung out with the team from Tezards the other day and they're doing so much fun stuff that I wanna, makes me wanna goof around and do other things with them. And I just know that those experiments uh, <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom's watching. Hi, Emma. Um, uh, so, um, so the uh, the you know, in general, in general, again, and uh, you just can't you can't have fun in the same way you used to, right? Like beginning of quarantine, my son and I were doing those poo poo ETH drops and things like that. Those drops at the time I thought were really expensive. We spent hundred bucks. Uh, but now they would cost tens of thousands of dollars to do. It's, 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 uh, yeah. ETH. Um, uh, I think I went over this. I can probably, I can, I can curse. I think at will on the show. It's, it's 3 a.m. and I'm drinking whiskey. So, oh, <laughs> Alon's mom is um, watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, he's like really fun. So I have a feeling that she's like probably up that, you know, like the, no, it's, it's all the good. more she'll fun be, alley. Be proud. It's not in Hebrew, so she'll be okay. But the um, uh, ETH is fucked. <laughs> I mean, like really on like just a multitude of levels. Um, and it's got first mover advantage, right? It's massive. They've really built up this this enormous wealth creation for so many people that it's 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 built up um at a, really its own economy uh but in terms of, of eth it's it's built by devs for devs and it doesn't really scale for humans i don't know how to really put it this way like it might i, you know, I don't yes, think there are it's, I don't think it's completely it, i don't think it's completely screwed but i do think i think i think um uh that i've had three sips of my drink um but uh, no but i think that that it's it is this sort of this situation where it's hurting itself from a from a mass production standpoint right like or a mass um adoption standpoint where you could launch a maverick for everybody right like for if i have ten dollars or if i have ten thousand dollars it's going to be useful for me right but with ethereum there is a bit of uh there's there's it's a bit of a walled garden even if you don't think about it being actually walled it's it's walled based on the fact that there's this hurdle of having to have enough money to even afford to participate that's not okay we couldn't launch people scaling and figuring it out but there's already tezos that exist that's done right there's the i don't think i wouldn't say that they're scaling tezos i mean like even polygon for the most part doesn't even settle transactions mostly on ethereum uh it, it it's it's virtually its own layer one but it's um and i don't like we wouldn't be able to to launch maverick on on ethereum it, it wouldn't be feasible uh considering the intricacies of the system um we're actually working through our some of our auditing stuff right now and the sheer like size and scale of maverick as a fully fledged DAO from all the interactions that are on chain i mean imagine you've got these 
Oracle nodes that sign price feeds for an Oracle, but they also vote on governance. And we've got four different types of governance voting. We've got staking, yield farms, dynamic savings rates for algorithmic stable coins. I mean, it's um, it, you would not be able to do this on Ethereum without having every transaction be worth thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. So it, it Ethereum, aside from gas fees, because there are plenty of other chains aside from Tezos with low gas fees, that, that's not the reason to choose Tezos. But if, from an Ethereum standpoint, uh, it's built by developers for developers. It doesn't, you know, the, what really reminds me of this one time, it was funny, it was years ago, and my best friend from Los Angeles, Persian Jewish kid, so he was in for a wedding in Israel, and I was, I was laughing my ass off because I think it was like Christmas Eve, and we were at a wedding, and it, like Ethereum had updated over the weekends. They decided, the, the core dev team decided to do a, an upgrade over the weekends. No one updated, and then they did it on Christmas, and then like, six days later, they did it on uh, on New Year's, and I'm just like, do you guys not effing learn? Like, what, like, what, why do you think that this is a smart idea? And you see this with everything that, that Ethereum does. It's just, it's great. There are geniuses behind it, don't get me wrong, but just because you're smart doesn't mean that you're practical. And Ethereum, yeah, I, I think, shoots itself in the foot constantly. It's, it's true. Uh, there's, you know, I think that uh, there's just, so many of these situations, right? We see it, I see it from people that pitch to me that have brilliant ideas that are building really intricate things, really good, high quality engineers, but they don't know how to do like the front end experience or the user experience or the front end of the interface. So like I remember meeting once, probably one of the, I don't even, and this is, this is the screwed up thing. I don't even remember exact. I don't remember who it was or what the product was, but I remember at the beginning days of crypto around two beginning days of me knowing I was going to try and invest in crypto companies. I was working for a fund. It was pre DGH. A company came to pitch to me that was doing like fantasy sports, but sports betting, but on the blockchain in this really cool way. And I remember thinking it was one of the coolest ideas I'd ever seen anyone build. And it was the person I spoke to was clearly a genius and he was the engineer that had built it. And then I saw the product and I couldn't figure out how to use it. And I was like, and I couldn't understand it from a front end, but he was explaining to me, he was showing me the things that were happening on chain. He was showing me the data that was being collected and the way it worked and everything. And when he showed it to me and explained each little thing, it was crazy cool. But then he, I said, okay, maybe I need to spend some more time. I'm just not getting it. He sent it to me. And I, sa- I remember sitting on it for like an hour and just going, this is so confusing. And he even knew he needed that, that help and whatever. And then I don't think it ever really fully launched in the way he wanted to because he needed that co-founder, the person who could translate. When, when it comes to DeFi, though, do you, do you differentiate between the retail consumer and the, the institutional consumer, right? Do does complexity matter as much with the institutional investor where perhaps a, a very large chunk of money is sitting waiting, right? Versus the retail I would argue, investor yes. where we'll get a couple hundred, a couple thousand maybe here and there. I, I would argue it actually makes more of a difference for, for the institutionals, like institutional okay. type of investors, because if you're going on to adapt, I mean, like, why do you think Celsius is so successful? I was just on a panel with, um, at the Finance Today Summit with Alex Mashinsky, the CEO of Celsius. Mm-hmm. And I, he really is, I mean, like b- phenomenal. He was, he was one of the first speakers I think I, I saw in crypto in person. And um, 
Celsius is great for institutions because they make it really simple. You just send us your money and we do everything else with it. When it comes to actual DeFi, uh, institutions are much more risk averse than a retail investor are, and they're not going to go pour $100 million into an audited smart contract, even an audited smart contract that, that they can, they can you know, earn higher yields than a bank. And then it really comes down to security and, and also the, the UI UX. I mean, it's um, like, this is one of my issues with DeFi on Tezos is that all of a sudden, like a bunch of people in Tezos were like, hey, you know what? Let's rename everything that's in DeFi to make it sound unique for Tezos. And I was like, ah, we are we are not doing that. There are there are you know names and there's nomenclature that people understand, and we would like this to get past you know maybe 15 people. So let's use the yeah. same words everyone's using. So I think for institutions it makes even a bigger difference so that they understand it more. And I think that they are slower moving than retail because it's easy to throw a hundred dollars into a DeFi product. It's hard to throw a hundred million. It's true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you. We we met you because you were part of the the Tezos community, right? So yep. I, it would be interesting to get your take on what set that apart and why you were hanging out in the Tezos community when you know Ethereum exists and all the rest of the networks. Like, what drew you to to Tezos? Yeah, for for me, I was just I'm a perpetual learner, right? Went undergrad, masters, PhD, and just absolutely love learning, right? During the pandemic, I had all this free time on my hand and I'd always been playing in the crypto market, but mainly Bitcoin, ETH, right? The traditional stuff on centralized uh, stock exchanges or centralized crypto exchanges. And um, I was losing my ass and I thought there's more to this, right? There's, there's more to this than me just sitting here trying to time the market right and started digging in. And the more I started researching, the more I kept coming back to uh, simplicity in transactions and the lower transaction fees. That brought me to Tezos. And as I tried both ETH and Tezos, ETH just got so expensive for the average consumer like myself that I, I couldn't play on it. To your point, I might have been able to do a financial transaction based on the money that I was playing with at that time, maybe once a quarter, maybe once every other quarter, even to make it make sense. So I thought, why am I even messing around on this and just solely focused on Tezos and was deep diving? Luckily, I got in right as the ecosystem I really started diving in, I should say, as the ecosystem was starting to come online, right? And uh, man, now it's I, I do transactions every day on it. It's pennies. It takes seconds for the transaction to finalize. And the community is great and it just keeps getting better and better. Like that graph shown, uh, showed just more and more people coming on, extremely intelligent people like Alex and a bunch of others. Um, oh God, you're making me blush. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would put myself as, as extremely good at logistics. Um, but I have thankfully much more brighter people at their, all of their own roles um, including investors and advisors, <coughs> cough, <coughs> cough, alone, Joseph, <coughs> cough. Um, DGH, hold on, to... make, make this thing blink in the corner. It, yes, right. <laughs> we should do right that, there. actually. I need to, like, uh, 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 do do something like that. Remember, I used to do that with the uh, oh, Rush logo here. I can't find it now. I used to make it blink across the screen like uh, like like that thing but i don't have it anymore but yeah i can do that in the corner every time yeah. uh d yes uh just throw out there of course that um 
uh, Maverick is a portfolio company of DGH, full disclosure. I should have said that at the beginning. It, it, I mean, it might have been it might have been clear from the press release and the tweets and the you know yeah. everything else, but you know the, the extra full disclosure. But um, yeah, you know there there is a lot. I mean, when I got involved in Tezos, it was before it was post ICO. Uh, my partners are, are originally from the ICO stage, the OGs, so to say. I'm like second tier OG, if you want to put it that way, um, and the you know, back then, Tezos wasn't actually ready for uh, anything to actually be built on it. I mean, it took a lot of heat for not having anything built on it. But for the first long while, the, the tech simply wasn't at the place it needed to be to build on top of. It was great as a layer one, um, but not as a not so necessarily great as a smart contract layer to, to build dApps on top of. So as it, I was there really it was right before that period to watching it turn into this phenomenal chain to actually build on top of there there are development tooling issues don't get me wrong i'm 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 there are some issues with people not wanting to speak up about the problems of tezos and i'm right there that likes to kind of be like hey this is a problem like why are we not talking about this guys like let's 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 fix these problems um but i i kind of took it upon my shoulder to raise to to lift the tezos DeFi ecosystem up and and help build it both from everything that we do at Tezos Israel and our in the ecosystem in Israel with our dealings with the foundation, with uh, bringing in ecosystem partners to also from the DAP side with Maverick and helping different um, entrepreneurs that, you know, are looking to build on Tezos, not, not just from like a, hey, you know what, like, like for example, Tezos Israel is the, is the entity that essentially got Celsius Network to um, integrate Tezos for lending. And so like, yes, it's wonderful. I mean, like I really love Celsius. I, I kind of use them for a lot of things, both good and bad, um, simply because they're such a powerhouse in a good way. But um, Celsius is a remarkable entity to adopt Tezos, but what you need to spur this grassroots DAP ecosystem um, of building DeFi on Tezos. And like, that's mm -hmm. one thing where I want Maverick to excel at, but we've also got some other entities like Uves, for example, Plenty, uh, as well. Some have, have gone the way of the Dodo, but um, there, there are, Tezos has a really good tech. It's the best tech that's out there for a layer one. A lot of people ask me like, oh, how come you don't go like layer two? Why, how come you're building on Tezos? And, and I was like, listen, Maverick's a Dow bank. Banking is a long-term game. I'm not doing this to, to like ICO 50 mil and be dead by 2023. So it's... Um, Wait, you're not? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Look at this Dead thing. by 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is a long game. This is a long game, and I'm I'm joking, obviously. But but it's, uh, you know, there's so. I mean, I think there's so much opportunity, and I think that a lot of people. It's easy to right, and it's easy to get caught up in it. We do it with the NFTs that we have. We have it. You know, we do it with so so much that we do. And if we're trading and crypto, it's really really a short game. But for, for DGH, what we do, for example, and how my personality is and, and how I think many of ours are, is, is it's a really, really long game. And we I know we're in crypto and like a, lo a year is like seven, it's like dog years, but it really is something that we need to work on for the long time. And if you're trying to uh, 
Oh, Steven, Steven Rusi. Oh my God. He's an OG. He's in the chat asking where the booze is. So everyone show, show your booze real quick. Um, uh, but uh, the, um, the, the, you know, we, we have to be focused on the long term. And there's no longer sell, by the way, in, in terms of institutional and banking, right? Like there's no longer sell. And DeFi is something they're just now kind of learning about and touching. They're still not learning it. I mean, ATMs are still using Cobalt, which is a, a outright joke in terms of a dev language. But um, it's... It's really something they don't understand. I mean, like yesterday, so like a little to bring in a little bit of a family story and, you know, alone every time we're talking, your kids are running around, which is always, that's the thing I loved about COVID the most is that it reminded everyone that we're human beings, which <laughs> yes. has been really wonderful. So, um, you know, last night I came home like really from the office and I, I told our daughter who's nine um, that, you know, it's like, okay, enough Netflix, watch something educational. She's, and she goes, She's like, oh, I watched everything educational on Netflix. And, you know, like she's she, she was born and raised in Israel. So she's got that like Israeli attitude. No one tells you your kids are going to be Israeli when you move to Israel. It's 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 something Nefesh Benefesh never tells you. Uh, you know, Mrs. Gorin, you, you, you might know this, but, you know, the the uh, so I was like, listen, when I was your age, I never got this much TV and the little. The little, the, the chutzpah on her, the um, audacity. She goes, when I was, your, she goes, yeah, because when you were a kid, there wasn't TV. And I was like, I was just thinking to myself, like, the, the, I didn't say this, but like, I was just thinking to myself, like, you little shit. But it was, um, uh, so I looked it up. I actually researched, researched. I went on Wikipedia. So I looked up when TV was. Hey, when I was a kid, you had to get an, uh, an encyclopedia out. You had to yeah, get off the couch to turn the knob on the TV, right? Like, <laughs> But at least it existed in my, my time. We had to like... Get, we had to get like the dinosaur to, you know, like shift his tail to, to change the channel. But <laughs> um, the um, so I looked it up and like the TV was technically invented in the 1920s, but didn't become popularized until the 1950s. And so, and the same thing with the Internet. It was in the 70s and really didn't take off until about the mid 90s and, and take off. Right. I mean, the iPhone came out in 2007. So, you know, B Bitcoin came out 13 years ago. Smart contracts are what, seven years old. People even finding smart contract devs is a pain in the ass. I mean, it's it, it the 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 rate of adoption relative to other technologies has been dramatically through the roof. So you know, every time I walk by, I just came back from Dubai, um, had a remarkable time, had a you know a, a incredible experiences with Joseph, and um, I, you know, you look at these chain shops where you change like you know your dirham to dollars to shekels to euros, whatever, and I'm thinking to myself like we're about to go put all of these shops out of business, like not in a bad way where we take away, you know, business from people, but you know, this technology is simply going to allow efficiency to scale in everything you do digitally with value. And it's, yeah. it, it's something that like, I'm, I'm, I really hope to watch in the security token summit in May. Well, that, yeah. That'll be an interesting thing. So I'm going to, uh, speaking of security tokens, I'm going to play a clip really quick that, that Alex, uh, <laughs> started by saying draper draper going home or whatever what, what did you say i'm gonna play that blooper clip, and then we need to jump into maverick because people are asking questions in the chat feel free to throw specific questions in the qa people who are watching and i'll throw this up again one more time if you're on one of the live streams because i know there's a lot of you on linkedin a lot of you on youtube and a lot of you on twitter go to meet.blockchainbooze.io because you could ask questions 
you can uh, hang out with the community and you'll be able to turn on your camera in about half an hour and hang out with the community as well if you'd like to. Um, so I'm going to play this clip. It's pretty funny. I think it's two minutes long. I don't know what it is. I might be, I might actually be promoting Onera in it, one of our portfolio companies, because at this conference a little over two years ago in London, um, it was right as COVID was starting to get into our, into the news and Ami, the CEO got sick and I came to the conference and I actually presented his company for him because he had to stay home because he didn't want to be the dude coughing at a conference, you know, um, right, you know, at, right as the news was getting a little hysterical, um, you know, rightfully so probably at that point um, about what was to come. So let's let's see the blooper reel. This is I haven't watched it in a couple of years. Let's let's see if it's as funny as I remember. Alan, thanks a lot for coming over. You're here um, with your business, Draper Goran Homes. Draper Goran Home. Draper Goran Home. It's like Draper Goran Home. Okay. Uh. Alan, great to have you in London. Alan, great to have you in London. We're going to start again. You have me laughing about it. Jesus Christ. I hope we make a blooper reel uh, version. Draper's going home? Draper's going home. No, I'm never going to get it now. I'm never going to get it. Okay, stop smiling. You're serious. You're you're like a fun guy. You're serious. You're going to be boring. Come on. Um, There's nothing boring about early stage venture capital. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, it's too good. All right. Great to be in London with the. Great to be in London with one of the founders of. Oh, <laughs> you guys need to leave. <laughs> Go around and hide behind the banner. <laughs> All right, we got this. Okay, great to be in London with one of the founders of Draper Goran Home. Uh, how's the show been for you? It's been incredible. You put it on an excellent event. We're so happy to be here, and uh, we we recently launched uh, Draper Goran Home officially. You know, Joseph and I were doing Goran Home Ventures. Now Tim Draper has joined us as a partner, and we, we couldn't be more, more excited to, to be here and look at some of the early stage blockchain startups that have come to learn from the institutional players. Okay, well, brilliant. I uh, look, look forward to seeing you in more locations as we go around the world. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> there we go. That was that was uh, all all stemmed by uh, Alex saying Dra- Draper's going home or whatever you said. But but the funny thing is that that conference was the first time I heard somebody yell it in the background, and we just couldn't couldn't stop laughing. Uh, by the way, Michael, he's the guy who organizes the security tokens realized events, and he's a great guy. He's a co-investor in us with in Onera, uh, awesome guy. And by the way, you said STS, Security Token Summit. We're doing it in May, uh, May 16th in New York. The evening before, we'll have a, an awesome uh, cocktail reception. Uh, and we'll have a fun time. And you know what? I think the day after is a Tuesday. Maybe we need to figure out a, uh, uh, you know. A meetup? Figure out a blockchain booze live in, in New York or something. I don't know. That would be fantastic. Uh, that would be pretty fun. Uh, look at Matt taking notes. <laughs> I already have boom shirts. That's why he's here. That's why he's boring here. Stage. Boring stone stage. So, Alex, well, Maverick. I'm going I'm to jump into Maverick. About a little. I would love to, to, to get into it a little bit. 
I, I, I'm going to go into Maverick a little bit because the panel is supposed to be scaling DeFi on Tezos. And apparently now that 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 needs to become a dramatic event um, in the back end of things. So um, Maverick is essentially, if you could imagine, A, it's a DAO. I'm not saying it's a DAO in the sense of like, there's a token that is not what I'm referring to. Um, it, it's it's a decentralized banking ecosystem, uh, for the lack of a better word. It's a digital community-operated credit union, in, in a way. Um, so if you can think about, you know, blockchains don't know the block, you know, smart contracts are actually not that smart if you think about it. So they know the blockchain actually knows blockchains, not, blockchain, smart contracts, et cetera. Um, before anybody like starts nitpick, but, um, but blockchains know that you might have a certain amount of tokens inside of your wallet, but they don't know what those tokens are inherently worth. So a blockchain requires something called an Oracle to feed. I might just be like saying really basic stuff to a really technical crowd. So forgive me guys, but a blockchain essentially needs um, something called an Oracle, which feeds data, in this case, price information into the smart contract. So we can understand stuff that is not natively inside the blockchain. So that could be the price of Bitcoin, the price of Tezos, the price of Maverick, the the, the weather in Los Angeles versus the humidity in Dubai. And those that information could be fed on chain. So the what we everyone understands for a decentralized oracle, the go-to idea is Chainlink. And so if you could imagine a Oracle node, if you so Oracle's essentially Chainlink works in a sense where there are a multitude of nodes that feed this information so that it is decentralized and doesn't rely on one centralized source. But if you could imagine an Oracle node that also votes on governance for multiple lending products. So the node itself, that is one way of looking at it. Chainlink doesn't have governance and or Tezos doesn't really have uh, a native Oracle on the blockchain layer. So if you could imagine the way that Tezos works, where you take your tokens and well, <laughs> not physically, but you stake your tokens to a a node, that node votes on your behalf and it validates transactions. Maverick nodes called satellites vote on your behalf and they sign the price feeds for a decentralized Oracle. That is the basic core governance, really TLDR'd in a nutshell outside of the 8,000 lines of code that we have. But the, um, uh, and the, what really makes it completely decentralized is the fact that not only do we not control Maverick once we launch it, but all of the revenue from the different lending products that we have in our pipeline, starting with an algorithmic stablecoin, roll into an on-chain treasury that the DAO controls. So we don't even control the profits that roll off of Maverick. If we want further funds for development, the DAO has to vote to give us or another party funds for development. So that treasury holds everything on-chain. I don't have unilateral control the team doesn't have the unilateral control the advisors the investors don't worry alone i mean like you know it's um it's it's a good system hey, no, we have a lot of that's a good thing it, it honestly is a good thing if you care about the long term um of a project right like the thing the reason why vcs get a bad rap and get a bad name in certain communities and DeFi communities because there's certain vcs who try to to take control right and 
I've, you know, the only like board seats, if I've been on a board of a company, I've done reluctantly or I've done strategically with the founders because they're like, I need you on the board because I need somebody who's on our side. Because when we go to raise more money, that VC is going to want to be on the board and they're going to want to be able to, you know, twist our arms and control things. And I need somebody who will who'll vote on our side. Right. But like, I, I don't like to be a part of that because we invest so early I do it because I like the team or the the project and the idea, and I want them to run with it. I'm not investing in them to control their company. I'm investing in them because they're better than me at doing what they're doing. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a much. Uh, well, it's, it happened right now, actually, with uh, I think it was A16Z um, that kind of upended a governance vote on compound finance. Um, really. Yeah, I think they blocked something from going through, actually. But, you know, listen, this is, you know, uh, it, it's part of the game. Um, however, uh, that being said, the, the treasury on Maverick uh, is not one treasury. It's actually broken up, if you can imagine it, in different silos. Well, now I'm off camera. But different silos of um, where that money is colored towards going. If you can think about it as like having little um, tabs on top, if well, before the digital days, guys, we had like these little sticky notes that you'd put in your book and you can remember where you're supposed to be. So that money is is essentially colored in different silos for different use cases. So there's development and marketing silos or contracts, so to say, but it's easier to say silo. Um, there are two different forms of buybacks on Maverick. There is one to buy back MVK. We don't have a burn. We have a buyback and redistribute. So we have a a buyback of MVK on the open market to replenish the yield farms so that we can constantly continue funding um, our incentives and also a buyback for MVK in order to fund the oracles who are the curators of the platform. Um, and by the way, the, the, the Oracle satellites or satellite oracles, they, when they earn MVK, they pay back the rewards based on their delegations back to the delegators. So all you have to do as a stakeholder of MVK is delegate it to a satellite. The satellite signs price feeds and votes on your behalf. When the satellite earns MVK based on the delegations, semi-similar to Tezos, uh, close, but there are little minute differences. When the satellite earns MVK, especially for the based on the delegated amounts, it pays back those rewards back to the delegate with the delegate not having to do anything minus a small fee. So those are there's a silo for that as well to replenish the Oracle rewards. And so we're probably going to have a relatively slow drip system of our total um, MVK supply. But uh, And then there's another one, which I think is really fascinating, and it's kind of harkens back to, you know, Constitution DAO and Lynx DAO and all these different DAOs that are kind of set up to, to run in 2022. It's probably going to be the year of the DAO, um, is an investment silo. So we're essentially going to use a lot of the, you know, turn Maverick into a bit of an, an investment bank where, our, where from our profits – we invest into other on-chain assets, wrapped Bitcoin, maybe wrapped ETH. It'll be the community to decide. I'm not going to push that one. But um, other Tezos-based <laughs> DeFi products. I, I'd vote that, for that. Sorry, dude. <laughs> and you're more than welcome to. And I, I encourage it. I'm not correct in all of my views. And that's the beauty of having advisors. It's the beauty of you having could investors. Be. It's the beauty of, I can, of always I, learning. I could be wrong, too. Hey, groups don't always vote the right way together. You know, it's it's still an right. investment. 
that is that is true. But the, so the point of the of the of the investment silo. So there's two with the silos. There's, there's one where we build up the funds to invest, and then the DAO gets to choose where those funds go. And then there's another silo, which is a little bit more boring, but it's it's kind of like our balance sheet. So it's you know it's where we put the investments after we actually buy them and hold them within the DAO's treasury. So that that is Maverick in a nutshell. Um, if I had to explain it simply. And it is, it's a quite a mouthful. It's, it's turned into quite a beast. It's, I think though that the idea of sort of creating a DAO from the beginning, that's really going to lead the thing and doesn't control that or that the DAO controls the treasury, the DAO controls the protocol in the voting and where things go and how things work from the beginning is, is really exciting. I think to have something done right from the beginning and I know that it takes time and that's a frustration, you know, especially on Tezos where there isn't a lot of this stuff yet, but I think it's, it's really exciting. Speaking of, uh, speaking of um, DAO voting, uh, BB Studios brought up that the, uh, there's a, an ENS vote right now uh, to vote off one of the team members who, you know, by pretty much all accounts is a colossal a-hole that nobody wants to be there anymore. Um, he has enough tokens where he was able to block the vote to kick him out, <laughs> um, which is pretty uh, amazing, right? Um, that's, but, but that's, that's, that's where we're going to start learning about things like reputation. Some of the things that primed out, um, uh, um, yeah, I can. I can't uh, overstate how huge uh, of an a hole this guy is. Um, but the uh, the very hateful and bad person, you know, in in all accounts. Yeah. But um, this in terms in, in terms of how long it took to actually build Maverick, because we've been talking about this yeah. for a really long time. And it, I have to say, Yolo Baggins, you have a incredible handle that you use there. But but yeah, the the, the dev tools and documentation on Tezos have been a little difficult to work with. Oh, he's um, helping out something. Too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Not everybody and, could see that until I brought it up. Sorry. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, it, it's been a little difficult to actually deal with. Um, and it, it is, you know, when it comes to, to to building, these are a lot of things that are in the background that no one really understands. Like, oh, why is DeFi and Tezos, you know, to kind of circle back to the original point of the of the panel is that, you know, why is Tezos, why, why is everything taking so long to build on Tezos? It is a lot more difficult to build on Tezos than it is to build on ETH. And that's something that I think investors and the community need to understand. It's is getting it because, better. Well, uh, you, you'll, I'm sure you're about to answer this, but is it because there just isn't as many things already built that you can kind of choose from a library? Because there's a lot, like if I go to launch something, some idea that I have, I can jump into GitHub and find some open source Ethereum version of it where me as a not very technical person could hack together some probably really poorly, you know, shoestring and bubblegum version of, but at least I could do it. On Tezos, it takes a little more effort. Um, I was able to do, you know, uh, um, that one. Um, what was it called when the NFT project, um, the NFT platform that was open source for a little while? Um, I don't think they support it anymore, but... Um, he can nuked? No, no, no. Before, the, before they even existed. Um, uh, anyway... There's there's projects, but there aren't. There's clearly not as many on Tezos as there already are on Ethereum. Is it because yeah. of things like that? Like the tools don't exist yet because they're they're kind of disparate and not not public yet. Or is it more the actual programming language, the actual product is harder to build on? It, it is both and more. 
um to be fair and listen i i i i've spent the last several years you know um integrating tezos for, with projects but it is the fact that there is not so much in terms of what you can copy paste and modify for your own idea it is also the fact that functional programming is more difficult to build and there are less devs it is also the fact that it's a less organized than it should be at the moment um but but it's advancing. I mean, I, I personally know some people who are working and creating a repository of of smart contract uh, examples, and that that they're literally going to be open source that people can go copy paste, modify for their own accord. Uh, we have some progress to be made for dev tools and documentation. It, it is happening, but there is there is you know I, I like to call a spade a spade. It could be improved. Um, on the, on yeah. the, flip the one side I was talking that, though, about, by the way, is OpenMinter. I just blanked on the name. So OpenMinter oh. is a cool open source project. I launched rainbowunicorn.fun, my daughter's website, using it, and she sold out of all of her Tezos NFTs. It was pretty radical. Um, I think the website's broken now, though, because I didn't update the, uh, with <laughs> along, alongside because I'm a great engineer and I'm uh, not so great at that. But um but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of differences, right? But when you're building something from scratch, is it on one hand that's that's a hurdle? It kind of sucks for the the growth of the ecosystem. But on the other hand, um, what's you know is is it because it's more secure? Is it because it's better in other ways? I know the the delegated nature of the proof of stake and stuff that doesn't have to leave your wallet that Tezos does is really to me one of the one of the most amazing things. I hate staking on a website, being afraid. That website will go down and I'll have to figure out how to do it on chain or or I'll forget that it's there. You know, things like that are really important to me on Tezos. But from your perspective, uh, being a product. I don't I don't think it's because of that, really. I mean, Maverick does have exactly what you just said. Um, you, you actually stake your MVK within the platform and delegate it to uh, a satellite node. Um, mm -hmm. And so that we have discussed actually having like, you know, like an email notification sort of list for those who actually want to uh, do I that on their own accord. underrated or I don't know if underrated is right. It's an underutilized thing in crypto is so many projects don't even have a way to subscribe for email or get any kind of alerts at all. And what it does too is it kind of screws the project in case they need to do something. What if like there's an exploit, there's something, there's no way to contact anyone unless they're in the discord or unless they're following them on Twitter. And it's easy to miss a tweet, right? Like it's buried. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's insane. We, we actually have, yeah. we actually have in terms of exploits a, so there are two different types of governance uh, modules on Maverick. There's one that is the longer core governance um, contract updates really. And that's a three-week-long process with multiple periods, similar to Tezos, but shortened. Um, and then we have actually these quick threshold votes. So, you know, obviously, if we want to go buy Bitcoin, we're not going to have a three-week vote to go, you know, buy Bitcoin. Um, so we have a threshold vote where it's really just like a number of satellites have to signal that they support or don't support the vote or pass. Um, and once you get past that threshold in a quick vote, like it can be done in five minutes if everyone's kind of sitting in front of the computer. Um, we have something like that that gives admin status to the the council, the the, the Maverick Council. It's a it's a five signature multi sig made up of different individuals, and um, only if you get I, th I I we're we're working out the final numbers. It's I think it's like sixty seven to eighty percent 
of the uh, sat the the delegated the staked and delegated tokens. We don't take into account the tokens on exchanges and stuff like that um, to vote in favor. We can actually break the glass, and that gives the council, thereby the dev team uh, or a dev team, because uh, it could be voted out from being us. Um, access to pause all the contracts in case of a breach. So it is, um, all these things need to be taken into account. And I think it's yeah. really, like you said, emails are an underrated, um, emails, break glass, uh, all these safety yeah. mechanisms. Like there, there's sometimes too much decentralization. We need to build for the real world. Well, I think that like you decentralize my money and the product and the way in which you can interact, right. And allow everyone to participate but, you know, also give me an email notification or let me subscribe to certain alerts, right? And I have to do it for, for Ethereum, for example. I don't have any products that I know exist in Tezos, but on Ethereum, I, you know, one of my favorite products I talk about all the time, and I wish they were a portfolio company of ours because I met them a little too late, is Zerion, for example. And I, I get mobile notifications. I get desktop notifications when something comes in my wallet, when something comes out. Over the weekend, I was freaking out because I saw some contract call on one of my wallets. And I was like, I didn't do that. What the hell just happened? I was, you know, I'm, I'm looking around trying to figure out what happened. And it turned out it was actually a, a bit of a false alarm and alert that came you know, hours late mm -hmm. for some reason on mobile, but mm -hmm. it, it freaked me out, but I saw it happen in real time. If that was an yeah. actual thing, I could have transferred out some NFTs or transferred out something, or at least had a fighting chance, right? Um, it, it needs to be optional though, because, you know, people, a lot of the people that want to be in this world, the funny thing is, is that like the, the vast, the overwhelming, both in research and in, in my experience, no one really uses crypto for like bad things. They're just extremely tired of the fact that like they have no control over their finances or the government is trying to track everything they do. And if you look at what happened in Canada, it's, it's insane. So it, yes, it should be optional, but it should also be there. These, these little touches. Of There's not one anonymous person though. There's not one or at least pseudo anonymous person that doesn't also have a pseudo anonymous person gmail account too like it's not like if they yeah. add a fake gmail account that has a fake name on it they're being exposing themselves to anything i think it's a little silly like when people are like we're totally decentralized we're not even going to ask for your email address like make it optional <laughs> because i want to give my email address because i'm not afraid of that type of surveillance because i'm you know i am what i am but it's a it is a uh it's an option right like it's mm -hmm. not I'm not saying force everyone to give your name. And I don't like that, right? Like there's a lot of controversy. Bored Apes just did that with one of their things, right? They asked everyone to KYC if they want to be a part of something. We don't even know what it is. And fine, you don't like that. You don't have to like that. Don't do it. Um, but like an email address or participate, like having an email list to update people is, uh, is totally, you know. Should yeah, be it's not so that. bad. It's, it's not so bad. De Decentralization is a spectrum, really. And and again, hearkening back to scaling DeFi on Tezos, there's, there's a plethora of things that we need to do. I mean, um, fiat-based stable coins, we need to bring in liquidity. The foundation needs to step up its game in supporting DeFi. Um, the, the grants need to go out for DeFi. 
Uh, we need to build more bridges. We need more oracles. There, there's a lot of work that is coming to scaling DeFi on Tezos. The thing that makes it really exciting for me is, is, is honestly the, the lending products that we can do on, on tokenized securities. And so I've been having some discussions with some people. Um, it's a little bit early, but I was thinking maybe I should like hop over to New York for the security token summit. But the next one, there we go. <laughs> Um, is, is, is it really is, going is, super fast for you guys? Because I'm just going like crazy on my screen. It doesn't look like it does that. No, it, was, it was actually, it was really well done. It was fast, but it was good. Um, it reminded me of those like old Batman uh, things where like he would like throw a punch. Like, bam. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, yeah. How? Bam. Yeah. It's like. Boom. Uh, oh, so. Boom. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Uh, I'm so, gonna, I'll have to make a video like with a boom thing with me pretending to be Batman, like punching you in the face over a live stream. Yeah, with with Doug Jamiro, please, boom, please. <laughs> but um, so so it, it it the what what I'm really excited about is what we can do with Maverick and let's say again like DeFi. Is so a you're spectrum, saying in but, DeFi, but like utilize regulated, not totally decentralized assets because most if it's a security token there's kyc involved there's uh things like that right so i take let's say for example i take um uh ownership in a company that i have as a digital asset but kyc of course for regulatory purposes but somehow attest that i own that or lock it in some way and borrow against it on maverick so borrow yeah, in so a decentralized, from a decentralized place uh, from a, a regulated asset. Yeah, so that, that's essentially like the long run idea is, is having these permission DeFi pools, um, either algorithmic stable coins like USDM or, um, or a fiat backed stable coin. But essentially people can pool their money together into a permission pool where you KYC the people who, who make their deposits there. And then others, and then again, it could also be an algorithmic stable coin. So it really depends on how it plays out. But um, you essentially use your digital security token to take, to lock it up into some form of an escrow account, <clears throat> smart contract. Um, I, I love that. Like, oh yeah, we're going to build escrow on, on, on smart contracts. Like smart contract yeah. is an escrow account. So yeah. um, <laughs> the, uh, so essentially you, you lock it up into a smart contract and you borrow against it based on users deposits or an algorithmic stablecoin that you mint yourself so i have actually a meeting on thursday about um a, a really good buddy of mine who actually happens to work at a the, the long story short but he happens to be the ceo of a new um security token company and um alone and matt we should probably talk about this later so so uh, so essentially they're looking to do mortgage backed security. Oh, I see that pen. Yeah. So, um, mortgage backed securities, um, lending. And this is something that already occurs all the time. I mean, it, yeah. it, you know, mortgage backed securities. Just isn't digital. If I want to borrow against my condo, I've got to literally, you know, call the bank, spend weeks, have them do appraisals, do all these things. But all these things, like if I want to borrow against my Bitcoin on Celsius using Celsius as an example, um, I can't because I'm American. But if I was you in Israel, I could do it in one click. 
um, and it takes 30 seconds. And I've watched the demo. I've seen it done. Um, it's it's wild, right? So yeah. th- it should be that simple on on a security as well. So I, I love that you're you're gonna tap into that. Um, uh, guys, we're we're running out of time, and I want time to jump at the tables backstage and hang out with the community. Or I'm gonna at least do that for a bit before I sneak off for dinner. And you know, but before we go, one, I'm I'm excited that thank you again for for joining us, um, Alex. And I think that we have you know for those of you watching, this is kind of one of the the greatest perks of my jobs. I get to hang out with awesome guys like like Alex and get to learn about what's going on on Tezos and different networks and get opinions and things like that. I didn't even really get to the, to all the questions that people threw in there. So we're going to have to do it again, obviously. Um, uh, and I wanted to actually throw BB Studios up on stage with us and ask some questions, but um, we're going to have to do it. We're just going to need to do this again. Um, but but Alex, before you go, give us all of the the breakdown of where to find you, where we should be looking for Maverick and and uh, following along. Um, so that's actually why I put the the Mavericks you know Twitter handle in the uh, if you can there see it go. on the screen there, right underneath me. Yeah, there we go. Um, every URL in the internet is taken, so we spell it a little differently. But. Um, uh, I'm. You could find me through Mavericks Post as well. I'm tagged there, Alex Davis. I really have the most simplistic name in the world. There's like 1,001 of me on LinkedIn. So just look through Mavericks um, uh, Post and you'll find me as well. And uh, look, we're, we're coming out in the next several months. We're going to have a, a quite an exciting update um, when we finally finalize the exact date. And, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure I'll be here again soon. And thank you guys for for having me on here, of course, as always. And whoever wants to chat, I will be here. It is 4 a.m., but I've got, like, you know, Japanese whiskey. So I will be in these chat rooms for a bit. Last time, I think I was up till 7 a.m. with some of the people here. So Dang, um, <laughs> you're a rock star. Um, so, yeah, everyone, if you're if you're not on there, there's a good, good segue. Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io so you can hang with us. Um, uh, I'll throw out another another plug for Security Token Summit that we mentioned uh, in May. That's going to be a great event. We're going to be, uh, we'll definitely be there. Matt and I, especially Matt, are uh, knee deep uh, in, in the planning and, and the organization of it. So uh, hope to see some of you there. Um, thanks, Alex. It's been amazing.